My name is Jeffrey Sidoris, and this is Process Driven. In this episode, I'm talking to Sean Tucker, a photographer in the UK who I was introduced to by an On Taking Pictures listener who emailed me and said, you've, you've got to see this guy's work. I think it's right up your alley. And he was right. Sean's work is terrific. But as I spent time looking around his site, looking through his portfolios, it was the video content that I kept going back to, uh, specifically his YouTube channel, how he approaches and speaks about photography and creativity. That's what was even more up my alley. As you'll hear, Sean is honest, he's insightful, and his dedication to the craft of photography really shines through. We begin at a point in the conversation where we were talking about some of the challenges commercial photographers face when working with ad agencies or clients, specifically when your ability as a photographer to shoot the brief seems or can seem more important than having the creativity to be able to go beyond it and make something maybe even more special. Here's my conversation with Sean Tucker. Please listen carefully. Is gone are the days of, well, just go shoot what you want and bring back something good. Yeah. You know, you're given a brief, you're given probably a very detailed brief, and their only concern, especially if you're working with an ad agency, is can you shoot the brief? Yeah, absolutely. And I think most people don't have time for you to be creative with that. They just, they've already know exactly what they want. And it's probably lowest common denominator shit usually that they want quickly and they won't let you take or taking the time to make it better than it could be or better than their brief is is a luxury you usually don't have mm-hmm. i found it's it's that's the frustration which is why you can only really do that with your own work and then if you've got your own work i feel like you can say you hired me because you saw this thing but this took me all of this time you know and i had to do it this way so if you want something similar you have to give me space to do that again you right. know you can't right. it's not it's not just a formula you can't just knock it out quickly when you're thinking about personal projects, do, do you give yourself a, a brief, as it, as it were, or do you let things kind of form more organically? More organically, I think, because mm-hmm. I've, I've def- I definitely know, I know what, usually I know what I want to feel when I look at the image. That's, that's where I, it's, it's, which is weird for me because I'm definitely sort of on the personality spectrum. I'm more on the thinking side than the feeling side, but, mm-hmm. but, but, but looking at a photograph, you, you should have an emotional response. So I start with that. So, so like for, for this mentor one, like I want to do, for example, like I know that I want to, to, to feel, you know, I, I want to see lines in faces and I want to feel age and wisdom that comes with that. And, and, you know, think of times in my life when I'm lost and someone was there to, to talk you through it and like, what a breath of air that is. Mm-hmm. Um, like that's what I want to feel. And I know what that's, I know what I want that to say about the fact that I think we're losing that in a very individualistic world that we're losing kind of our elders and all this sort of stuff. Sure. I don't want to be heavy handed with it, but all this stuff's going on in the back of my head. Like that's important. Um, but also, to, I, I try and stay loose with it because I find that you go in with that and then you come out with something that's flavored a bit different because of something that happened or the, what happened during shooting. And you have to be open to that as well. So just not to be too rigid with it, I suppose. You mm-hmm. Know? Mm-hmm. How yeah. detailed do you get in terms of uh, one of the other things that you mentioned in, I th- uh, again, I've, I've watched so many of your videos, I'm not sure which one's which now, but I think it was taking aim. <laughs> Yeah. where you were talking about when you're when you're trying to find your your voice as a photographer to to create mood boards and I love the idea of mood boards I've used them for yeah. years do you yeah. still find those valuable or have you have you gotten to a point yeah. where you can see it enough in your head no no I love it I mean it's um I, th- I think if I find if I think of an idea that I like the first thing I have to do you know, is go out and just look at what other people have done in that space. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's because it will show me what the, the, the direction I'd like to go, but also the direction I definitely don't want to go. Sure. Plus also hopefully it will stop me just repeating what other people have done. Going right. like, well, they, they've already done that better than I would do it or, or with that, with that exact thing I wanted to do. So I need to adjust it or find something fresh to say. So that, that for me, and then just throwing throwing just a mix of that up there. I know what each image is in there for and why it can just be messy. Just throw it all in a folder and just sift through it, you know, and mm-hmm. 
I, I find that super helpful. Yeah. Some, some photography is, is really strengthened by some sort of context, whether it's written context or the context of multiple images to provide kind of a framework of where the photographer was coming from. Do you find that, that your single images are stronger or do you find that sort of multi-image or story-based projects are stronger? At the moment, it's single images because I haven't really done much story stuff. It's it's what I want to do, mm-hmm. um, and I don't know if I yet know how to do it very well. So, so it's I mean, for me, narrative is really what gets me excited. You know, that's that's what I want to end up doing. But I don't get hired for that work. So I I get hired a lot for the single shot. You know, for for the portrait or the headshot or the, you know, if it's product photography, it's, 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 you, like you said, it's, it's a very specific brief. You go in and do it, but the, the only kind of story stuff I've done is, is off my own bat. And it hasn't been as narrative as I'd like that to be yet as well. Mm -hmm. So I think there's a lot for me to still learn and discover in doing that. But definitely like if you're, if if you're asking sort of what excites me about it, that's, that's where I want to be because the single shot as powerful as a portrait can be. And I, I do love portraits for just what they are on their own specifically uh, like the, the, the storytelling kind of, uh, docu style. Um, even, even if it's got kind of a gloss to it as well, but just something that, that makes you feel like you're, you're in a place and things are happening and you, you're experiencing something like sure. that's, that's what really gets me going. Yeah. Well, you, I mean, you talk about people like McCurry and Salgado yeah, as some of your exactly. influences. Salgado's work, I mean, to my eye anyway, is just as much portraiture as it is reportage or, or documentary. Absolutely. Totally. Yeah. So, I mean, he, he's he's one of those guys who like, I mean, I feel like um, most of what he does, I mean, he's an incredibly gifted photographer, no question. But I think a lot of what makes him great is is the fact that he's got the balls to go. And then he's got the patience to stay and just watch. Mm-hmm. And because of who he is, he's a, he's a very, um, he, he's a very open human being, you know, who's just able to be in that context. Um, it's, it, this is why I love documentary makers as well, who, who are really good at that being in a space that all of us would find uncomfortable, but they're able to stay in that discomfort and capture and interact with and, and pull the story back to, to everyone else. You know, that, that kind of, courage really impresses me and something I'd love to get better at, you know, and any attempts I've made to do that have been, you know, I've been a total wuss compared to like what these guys have done, you know? So it's, it's, for me, it's baby steps at the moment. And that's, yeah. So it talk to me about this, this mentor project is this, this sounds really fascinating and it sounds like it's a, it's a chance for you to sort of flex some of those storytelling muscles on your own terms. Yeah. So, I mean, for, you'll get this. I mean, for me, it's like if you, if you have a father who leaves home when you're young, mm-hmm. you, you kind of, you grow up without that guidance. You sure. know? I mean, I mean, my, in, in my case, my, my family kind of restarted with around this new nucleus, you know, my mom got remarried and then they had a kid and my brother and I were kind of shipped off to boarding school. So we were really kind of rudderless for, for, for a lot of our childhood. So that's a great way to describe it. Rudderless. It, yeah. I yeah, mean, that's, that's, how, that's how it feels, isn't it? I mean, you, you know, dumb stuff like, I, you know, what the hell is a credit card? You know, mm-hmm. like how, how do you shave like stupid shit that like everyone else just kind of knows that you're sitting at boarding school going, I have no idea how to do this. <laughs> and I don't want to ask cause right. I feel like a dumbass. Right. you know, it's stuff like that. And then that you just, you, I, I really remember those faces of men who, who saw me struggle and were kind enough to step in the gap and say, oh, I'll help you, don't worry, because they knew the context or, or, or just saw saw a guy who didn't really know what he was doing. Sure. Or maybe that, they that, themselves had gone through similar situations. Absolutely. I mean, who, who knows? You know, I, th- I think it makes you more sensitive to that kind of stuff, so I reckon. But, I mean, that that really um, impressed on and, – and, and just the, the more – because I've, I've really become a fan of history as well, mm-hmm. um, and I think the more you kind of – uh, read books about, you know, where he, human beings were and where we've come to and, and the huge changes in the last hundred years and what we've lost because of that, not just what we've gained, you know, that we don't, we don't live as a village anymore. We don't have the same community anymore. And, and we really are, if you, if you don't have those primary figures, you're in trouble. You've, you've got to, you've got to be very brave to go out there and get them. Um, and there are people who take it on themselves deliberately to be those people. And those people always just really impressed me, especially because, because of what they're given to me personally. Mm-hmm. But I, I also wanted with this project to kind of hold it up as an example 
of what we're losing and challenge more people to do it, you know, sure. that, that we're not deliberate enough about it. Um, looking for those people who we can help the next rung up and, and, and yeah, I mean, that's kind of where it comes from in terms of motivation. What are some of your strongest memories around South Africa? Why start there? Um, well, the three, I'll give you the three guys in particular. So they're, they're all kind of, because obviously, you know, I came through the church. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. there was a guy, um, the, the first guy was kind of, I'd left high school and especially not having this family situation, I jumped into the whole church thing um, at a point because there was this group that traveled around the country uh, sure. straight out of high school. Sure. Well, and, and, and a sense of built-in community that you were missing, right? Absolutely. I mean, yeah. it's on a plate. Yeah. You're, you're with, we were, we were 24 people, 24 teenagers, basically, like teenagers in early 20s who were traveling around in a, in a minibus around the country, spending a week in a town, putting on shows. I mean, that's an amazing experience. I, I, you know, it was a, it was a, it was a cool time. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, this was the guy who was in charge of those teams. And he, uh, th- that's the first guy. And he, he's, he was so, um, e- even back then he was so unchurchy, you know, he was nothing mm. like what you'd expect someone. And that, that, um, that really, imp- like he was very irreverent. He didn't, he didn't, you know, he, he you know, w- wouldn't package things nicely. He'd be very honest with you in ways that you, you'd really struggle to get. And uh, there were, you, I could feel like he, he obviously saw, me being lost and made a special effort with me as well. Mm-hmm. And so he's, he's probably that first guy. Um, there was another guy when I was at seminary, when, when, you know, a lot of us, our world just starts to fall apart because it's funny. Like if you want to be a pastor, don't go to seminary because it fucks you up <laughs> like, properly. It'll like, Cause I mean, we, we had amazing lecturers and you know, they, they'd be like, we were, we were very lucky in the place we were. I mean, they were all fired before I left because they weren't producing pastors anymore. We were all running out the back door going, this is ridiculous. Um, and they were good about saying, we're not going to give you the answers. There's a, there's a world out there and there's a library downstairs. Go read, come back and let's all talk about it as a group. And, and this guy in particular, this one guy, um, what, uh, he and I connected on, on things and he could see how angry I was in particular. Um, and angry, angry at this church. And I think I'd already realized I wasn't going to stay with this thing. It was full of shit in ways that I couldn't really, right. I couldn't really stick with like, mm-hmm, because of mm-hmm. personally, like it was, um, Oh, I felt like I was violating my conscience by towing the line. They were asking me to tow and he could see how cross that made me. And I mean, the one day with him that the, the biggest day with him was sitting down in his office and I'd written a, a paper on, because I was involved mostly in youth work at the time, and on a paper that was quite angry about how the the church that I was a part of, the denomination, wouldn't allow us to to inter wouldn't allow because I used to put on music events, mm-hmm. and a lot of teenagers used to come. We used to have a thousand, two thousand kids, wow. and they were from all different denominations, and I was getting into shit because of that because now. People, kids from other denominations are going to warp our kids. And I'm just like, just <laughs> shut the fuck. What are you on about? And he, and I'd written this whole paper about this. It's just bullshit. This is nothing to do with anything important. How ridiculous is this? And uh, he sat me down and he said to me, um, he said, he, he didn't, he didn't say, yes, you're right. Or, you know, no, you're wrong. He just said to me, um, he says, you sound very angry. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you need to learn to grieve humanity. Which wow. was such a learn to grieve a, humanity. I know. And I'm like, he, he's, he's one of these guys we used to joke behind the scenes. Like, he's just one of these guys who would drop these incredibly deep sentences that would just screw you up for a month <laughs> because it would haunt you. Yeah. You know? I mean, the what first did time, he mean? <laughs> the first time we had, because you have to have interviews to go to the seminary as well. So we'd go in for these interviews and, you know, someone else would ask you, well, which church have you come from? You know, how are you getting sponsorship? Where, what work do you plan to do while you're here? All the rest of it. And he'd ask you, I think his, his classic question was, who wounds you? Oh, I'm wow. going, are you serious? Like, wow. well, what am I supposed to, this is like, yeah. So he's, he's one of those guys, but he just, I mean, that, that really struck me for so many reasons, just cause like it was, you know, I, I'm angry, but who am I angry at? Like, mm-hmm. I'm not actually angry at people. Cause these are also people who are as screwed up as I am, sure. who are as hurt and scared as I am. Looking for and, answers to the same questions. Exactly. And they're yeah. also, they're also like their ego terrified. Like they, they have to protect their situation and mm-hmm. I'm, I might be a threat on some level. And it was, a, you know, I'm kind of, I'm probably 22, 23 at that point mm-hmm. going like, you know, everyone's out to get me and they're all perfectly secure and I'm just trying to find my way. And this is so unfair actually going, no, we're all the same. And it was such a, 
you know, everything snapped into focus moment of going, wow, we are all the same. We're all screwed up and it's something to grieve over, not get angry at, you know, mm-hmm. we're all just messing this up hugely. So he, he was that guy. And wow. then the other guy was when, when I finally got fired from my second church and decided I'm never going back to this. <laughs> he was a counselor. I, I uh, picked up the phone to, to go and kind of decompress all this stuff who I kind of went to for a good six months. And, um, he, uh, yeah, he just helped me decompress it all and realize I wasn't nuts, you know, and that mm-hmm. was really, cause that, that was, you know, I'm one voice rather than shame I'm, you for it. Exactly. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, one voice who, who, who is saying, I believe this and I have to leave because I believe this as well. Like I can't work for a church again. This is ridiculous. And, and he was going, yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. You know, and he'd been through church as well. So it wasn't like he was, you know, just screw the church. Like he's like, no, 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 you're right. And, and that was a bit of sanity as well at that point. So Mm -hmm. like those three guys are the guys I'm going to go get those portraits of, you know, he's just got the, will you, will you provide some sort of, uh, context between them or do you want these to stand on their own? I want some, I I want to bring like the portraits technically will be shot the same way, same lighting, same feel, Mm -hmm. um, because I'd love it to feel like a series. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. yeah. And then, uh, and then somehow I don't know how, it'd be great to incorporate, you know, that, that idea of a quote or a sentence that stuck with you. Um, idea. I haven't totally worked that out yet. I'm, I'm hoping when I get the images back, I can start to play with them and work out, you know, how to, how to present them. Yeah. Well, when we talked, oh, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago now, you, you said something that, that has, has kind of stuck with me and I've, I've, I've shared this with a couple of friends and it's, it's the, what we, what we've determined, I guess, <laughs> is the reason you got into photography. Mm. Uh, that one photograph. Yeah. Do you mind telling that? No, no, not at all. It was, uh, it was, you know, as a kid, um, by the, uh, by the beach and I had, a um, a crappy point and shoot, uh, film camera like you did back in the day. Right. And, uh, you know, it was one of those, you know, click and forget it. Just everything's on auto. Mm-hmm. Um, and I probably little uh, dial on the back. Yeah. That's the one. I was probably, I don't know, six or seven years old, I would think. And, you know, my dad left, uh, had already gone a few years before. Um, and this new family is starting to form. And I think I'm looking for affirmation. And, uh, you feel a part of that family at that time? No, I don't think at any point, really. I think mm-hmm. I think I became very independent very quickly. But still, you still look for someone to tell you, you sure. know, you're doing a good job, yeah, you're good okay. Good job, we love you. Yeah, sure. Exactly, just any of that. And because my family were British, you know, they're not very good at expressing <laughs> that kind of thing. <laughs> so, so, yeah. And I remember t- there was a seagull sitting on, a, on a, a railing next to the beach. And I crept up on it. And for some reason, it didn't fly off. I th- maybe I thought I had chips or something. It was just eyeing me out and I managed to get really close. And even though it's, you know, those point and shoots have that quite wide angle. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I got a shot of the seagull with this rubbishy camera. And, uh, you know, when it got developed, my mom's response was, wow, that's a really good photograph. Maybe, maybe you should be a photographer, you know, and that's, that was enough really. I, I think mean, that, that was everything, right? I mean, that, that was, that was the affirmation that, that had never come before. It sounds Absolutely. like Totally. And, 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 and then I wasn't getting that any other way. And, and stuff like that, I think sinks in quite deep. Yeah. I, I, I would hazard a guess a lot of people in careers are in those careers because they, uh, they, they had one compliment somewhere when they really needed it, you yeah. know, and that's, yeah. that's, that's enough to drive you for quite a few years. And it, it's, it's sat in the subconscious for ages. Cause I didn't, you know, pursue photography aggressively for another 10, 15 years. No more, maybe. And, uh, but I, it, it was always there. And I think I always dabbled with it because I thought, wow, maybe more people would say, this is a thing you do mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. You know? And there's a part of me that doesn't trust that because it's, it shouldn't be for that, but it definitely is, is what got me, you know, still there's a party that doesn't trust that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like I, I, um, I, uh, was talking to a friend recently and we said we're both, he's a musician we we're both having this conversation saying that there, there is definitely some part of our need to create in our own spheres that shouldn't necessarily be trusted, mm. you know, because, 
um, it, it probably comes from a neediness. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I feel, I feel this. So every, every, whenever I post uh, photos online or videos I've done, there is a part of me that is, I, I can feel before that I posted it to, you know, the internet at large, that I'm happy with this work. I think it's really good. It's exactly what I went after. But I can post it and get some opinions back on it. And it can, if I'm not careful, crush me. And mm-hmm. I'm, that's sure. ridiculous sure. because it's not, it's not for that. And, I, and I'd love to get to the place. And, you know, I'm, I might be overselling it. I probably am more at this place than I've ever been. And, you know, I've, I feel a lot more confident with it now. But I have to be always on my guard that, you know, I'm not um, – I'm not doing this just for that affirmation that the work that I want to produce is what it's about. And when I've done that, I'm happy with it. And just because, you know, some other people don't like it, even if it's a big group of people don't get it, that's absolutely fine. Right. Right. Um, and that, that's, that's the flip side of it, I suppose, you know, that it can't just be about, you know, a needy affirmation or it has to be, it has to be art for art's sake that I wanted to do and did. And even if no one else gets it, that's absolutely fine. Mm-hmm. So it's that, it's that the tension between the two, I suppose. That's, that's an interesting struggle. And it's something that I regularly find myself on one side of the coin and then the other, uh, yeah. th- th- that idea of I'm creating for me, but your opinion also does matter. It doesn't matter as much as I want it to, or it matters too much. And, and you, you find yourself on this sort of, you know, waveform of, of ups and downs of where you land on it. Mm. Um, at least I do. And it, it I, I think I'm better about it, but you, you, you've brought up something in another conversation where you, you, you basically said, look, you, you've got to find something when you're shooting and a lot of young photographers or a lot of new photographers, I suppose young doesn't really make any difference, but you need to find what really lifts you up. What type of shooting really lifts you up. And I thought that was terrific advice because I, I think some artists, some photographers will will pursue one genre or another because of something that they've attached to that specific yeah. type of work. Yeah, absolutely. I've, I've got a friend who is a, a great photographer, um, but he's shooting the wrong stuff <laughs> like, mm. because I, I watch him, uh, you know, going after work because someone said to him, this is the kind of work you need to go after to get paid. But he is amazing at another kind of photography. Hmm. And does he, he see loves that? It. He, he does. He knows he's good. And he, and, and, but more importantly for me, when he does it, he's electric. He absolutely loves it. Hmm. You know, it, it fires him up. But for some reason, because someone made a comment about the kind of work you can and should go after, he's, he's doesn't think that's what he should go after, hmm. you know? And, and that's, tragic to me because it should be it should be the work you do that makes you lose track of time because if if you can choose what sort of photography or what sort of art you want to do choose the stuff that makes you lose track of time rather than the stuff that sells and you'll probably you'll definitely have to compromise right you'll definitely have to do other stuff but 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 aim for the stuff that makes you lose track of time because that's the signpost for me that's the thing that says you know, this is the thing you were made to do, mm-hmm. that you do effortlessly, that it doesn't drain you, it energizes you. You know, that's, that's key, I reckon. How long, how early on did you recognize that in yourself? Um, it's taken, it's probably taken a good, so from when I started doing photography full time, it probably took a good four or five years to, to sort of pare it down. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think probably because I didn't yet realize that I could choose as ridiculous as that sounds like I was so obsessed with trying to, you know, daring to believe that I could pay bills with a camera mm-hmm. that, that I didn't realize I could choose what I wanted to shoot as well and aim for that. It was just being, you know, mm. business headed about what sells, what should I try right, for right. instead of trying to put it all in one basket and say, well, let's go for that. You know, did you um, have those I, conversations with yourself about, okay, I know I want to make money with a camera. How am I going to do it? Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. It, but but it, like I say, it was so business driven at the start. It was, mm. I will take any job I can with a camera that that pays the bills. And and you have to do that. There's no question sure. that that's a practical sure. situation. But but I, I stopped there 
for a long time and thought, okay, I am making money with a camera in hand. That's fine. Done. That's it. And Good then enough. I just shoot the stuff on the side that mm -hmm. I like to shoot. Mm -hmm. And it took ages to go, why don't I? Embarrassingly long to realize that. Like, why don't I? <laughs> in you fact, know? just a week ago, it was when you yeah, came exactly, to Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just before, just before you called, That's I had right. a revelation. Um, I, yeah. It, the, the, it, and it was taking portraits. But I, but I also think there was something else that was happening in me aside from photography that, um, you know, the stuff that I was reading, the way that I was developing as a person mm -hmm. and, and the, the, the interest I had, like at the same time I was becoming fascinated with documentaries. I was reading, um, uh, books on history. It was all this kind of fascination with history and humanity that was developing alongside all that stuff. And I started mm. to shoot portraits and then that started to come out in the portraits. And then I realized, wow, all this is pointing in one mm -hmm. direction. Mm -hmm. And, and I could, or, or I should at least try and make this, you know, what I do because it is my best work as well, because what you love to do will show in your work. Sure. Sure. So, you know, w whether anyone sees that yet or not, or, or whether I've worked out a way to make that lucrative yet is almost a separate conversation. Right. You know, I will keep paying the bills however I can. And slowly over time, I'm making more and more of the stuff that I really love to do what pays the bills. And that's because I've focused it, I think, and I've, mm -hmm, I've, mm -hmm. I'm being more aggressive about walking towards it. When did you first see that, that humanity, that spark of, of kind of electricity that you described in your friend? Was it a particular photograph that did it for you that you had taken? Was it a body of work that, that you had taken? When did it first kind of materialize concretely for you where you went, yep, this is where I need to go. This is what I need to follow. Uh, it probably wasn't one photograph. It was, it was probably a period in my life where, um, I was just making a point of going out and shooting my friends. Mm -hmm. Um, and the, the comment that most regularly came back was, uh, not from them even necessarily, but from people who knew them was, wow, that really looks like you. Um, and, and I took from what they were saying that, that it was capturing more because obviously they looked like them. That's, you know, it is them. So it, that on a deeper level, there was something deeper captured than just a, a facsimile of a face that they know. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and that to me was exciting. So it's probably over, over, over a period of a year doing that and getting that comment a few times that something sunk in with that and go like, wow, you know, and pe people it's so hard to talk about this, but I sound like I'm blowing smoke up my own ass, but it's, you know, it's, it, it was something about, uh, talking about, you know, eyes and connection with eyes and, and being able to read the person, in the eyes like that became a big thing for me. I think in my portraits, I've, I try very, very hard to, to really, in, and it's, it's not a new thing. All portrait photographers will say they do it, but I, I'm very, very aware of, you know, putting light into the eyes and waiting with the person and trying to get those moments that feel in the short time that I know some of these people, that feels like an honest moment. Mm -hmm. And it feels mm -hmm. like you revealing yourself maybe without intending to even, but right. like that's very, very important to me. And it's become like what amps me up now. Was, was there a point before this that, that intent didn't matter where it was more of a technical pursuit or, or had you always approached portraiture from the standpoint of, of showing the person as they are rather than they appear. Is that, a, is that a fair way to kind of wrap yeah. around that? Yeah. 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 Uh, I th it, it probably wasn't technical at the start because I wasn't very technical. Mm -hmm. I, I, I grew skills sort of over time, but at the start it was very, um, just very organic. I mean, I was, I was shooting, you know, on a, on a, I think when I started, started, you know, sort of take a more aggressive interest before I went full time. Um, but started to take a more, um, serious interest in photography. Um, I got a, back in the day, a Canon 350D and I'd walked into the shop and the guy, um, had said to me, we only have the camera body. Mm. Um, and, uh, we, we don't have the lens, but we've got this secondhand, um, 50 mil F 1.4. That's mm. the, that sort of Canon mid range mm -hmm, mm -hmm. prime. And he said, he said, you should take this. And I'm like, Oh, I don't really know what it is. He's like, trust me, just take it. It's an amazing lens. And you obviously way better than the kit lens. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. He's like, you obviously don't know what you're talking about. Just believe me that if you take this lens, it will change your little life. So I'm like, have, okay. Have cool, you gone right. back and thanked him since? <laughs> I haven't, but I, I really should. Yeah. He's, <laughs> 
next time I head back to South Africa, I'll, I'll, I'll pop in and say. But I mean, he was absolutely right because, of course, on on the on the 350, which was an APS-C sensor, so it's a crop sensor, that 50 became an 80, 80 85 mil, something or other, mm-hmm. um, with that nice shallow depth of field and and just. I, 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 like everyone does, I got obsessed with sticking it in aperture priority and sticking it all the way down to 1.4 and shooting everything like that because I was obsessed with this, you know, right. bokeh blur right. in the background. And that was just, I felt, you know, everyone's like, wow, you're amazing photography, which was rubbish. It was yeah. just, they, it, <laughs> just it had the blur creamier, the, the better. Like, exactly. <laughs> and their camera doesn't have blur. And they're like, well, that must be great <laughs> photography then. So no, 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 that's just shallow depth of field. Um, and, uh, I mean, so when I had that, it was very organic shooting. It was just, mm-hmm. you know, it was a lot of it was wrong. A lot of it was like, you know, I'd focused on because I'm shooting 1.4, the tip of the nose is in focus instead of the eyes or right, whatever, right, or the right, hair right. the back. I didn't even care. It was just, it was just great to, to feel like you're catching those moments. And the technical almost came later when I realized, wow, you know, at the same time as I'm losing one job and starting freelancing photography, I was like, wow, okay, if I'm going to make this, um, what I do. Uh, then I need to kind of learn it properly. And then I got very serious about sort of training myself up and, and learning all the technical side. Mm-hmm. Has it become, uh, barring being in focus, has it become aesthetically different over the years? Or did you, has a style that, was your style always there? It just emerged sort of in hindsight. I think it was. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, I think, I mean, I think learning about lighting changed it in a, in a really good way. I think, I think I can see a clean break in my work from, from very, very early on when I'm just shooting natural light and I don't understand how to look for good light. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm just, I'm just shooting cause the person's standing there and I want to shoot the person to when I started to notice when light was good and light was bad or shooting strobes and creating good light, um, being able to move people into good light. There's a definite break point. There's sort of a period of three months where things change quite fast and, and took a step up. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can, I can feel the kind of two sides of it there. And then the other thing, I suppose the other thing is, um, like I, I have an insecurity because I'm colorblind. Mm. Um, so not, not totally colorblind, but on the, on the green red spectrum mm-hmm. I have, mm-hmm. I, I often get those green reds, especially the kind of very pale greens to sort of the pinks. I, I have an issue there. So I've always got this insecurity about, um, color, like, am I getting color right? Am I getting skin tones correct? And that's made me like very, very aware of color, but also I think it's given my work a, a feel in terms of the color space because of it, mm-hmm. because of a handicap almost. Yeah. yeah. Kind of an unintentional um, happy accident. Yeah, ex- exactly. Yeah. And, and something that I've now embraced and I, and I really like it's, I mean, it's not, I don't think anyone would look at it and go, wow, this dude's colorblind, but I, I, I can feel I can feel the tonal difference. And, and that was great. Sort of putting, putting the work that I'd started to build up a few years ago, putting that work all together in a space and looking at it and go, wow, this feels like each other. I think mm-hmm. you could look at these shots and go, this is the same photographer. Mm-hmm. And that, that, that had to be a huge moment. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. That made it feel like, wow, I have an offering. I have a consistency, like, which is, which is a big part of it. I think anyone can take a, a good photograph by accident, but can you do it every time you go out? And that made me feel like, you know, have a confidence to go on jobs and go, I know I can do this every time, mm-hmm. you know, was a big, was a big moment. Yeah. One of the, the questions that comes up from listeners on, on, on taking pictures a lot is around style and, and this idea of developing a style and, and whether you should or shouldn't emulate your heroes or whether you should or shouldn't deconstruct or attempt to deconstruct them. And it, it seems again, from the videos that you produce that not, not only are you very sort of forthcoming about it, but it's, you're an advocate of, of, you know, find the people that you like and find out, you know, try and figure out what it is about that work that you like and do that. And, and uh, your own sort of voice will come through, maybe not right at the start, but it will come through. Has that always been kind of the, the case with you? Did you start deconstructing people that you really liked? Yeah, uh, definitely. Um, I think, I mean, I, I think it's the only way you really learn. I understand why people are scared of it or, or suspicious of it because it's, well, you might just be plagiarizing someone else's work. But mm-hmm. let's be honest, when you're starting out trying to copy Salgado, you are going to screw it up. There is no, you're, you're not in any danger of going, wow, that looks like Salgado's work. There is no way that's going to happen. So don't worry about it. Relax. 
and and find those people you resonate with and whose work speaks to you mm-hmm. and try and copy it because there'll there'll hopefully be a few people you probably hopefully not trying to just copy one person anyway sure. so there'll be something in the mix of there that you're trying to do and you'll add your flavor as you go and you'll make decisions i mean to be very honest like and this this will sound super arrogant but take it with a pinch of salt like there's there's ways Salgado would shoot I wouldn't want to shoot because of choices I make now as I've as I've tried to imitate um, you know different things I've got to, I, but that's not what I want that element of what he does is not what I want and this mm-hmm. element of Steve McCurry's is not what I want to do and and you you end up making as many choices for as against your heroes as you go along as well it's just a way of of having a target to aim for sure rather than just pretending like you can walk out with a camera and, you know, ex nihilo, just come up with a style right. is probably, I mean, some, I'm sure some people are virtuosos and they can do that. I'm, I'm not like I needed to put those heroes in front of me and walk towards something and fail and fall on my face and, and, and you know, over and over again. And, and, and a style came out of it that is now definitely none of them, mm-hmm. you know, and, but, and but is, but is a part of all of them. Absolutely. Because, yeah. Because it's given me that direction to walk. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, I, th- I think it's. I think it's really. I think it's really key to do that. And and I mean, it started with me. Funny enough, with music documentaries, like because I used to be. Well, uh, I used to be a musician. I used to have a band back in South Africa, and, and um, I would I would completely deconstruct music uh, DVDs. I would watch everything everyone was playing how the different you know voices and instruments in this song made up the whole and what part they were playing you know on their own and that that's that, that's the thing that from a teenager I, w- I would devour those i'd love them mm. all my dvds were just live music dvds and then this i applied the same when i got to photography in sort of my early mid-20s i applied the same thing to photography as well i i i loved there was one blog oh what was it called um which was really great, called guestlighting.com, I think. Hmm. And and this guy took famous portraits through the years. And uh, he basically put up the portrait, and then he would guess how they were lit with a lighting diagram right. below. It would get you to sit and comment as well and say what you thought. And again, like that kind of deconstructive mentality, putting up things that we know are great photography and then pulling it apart, helped me to see good light in that case, you right. know, and learn how to recreate good light. And, and it's just that it just gives you a massive toolbox, you know. Um, it, it doesn't make you copy a person. I don't think anyone who gets to the stage where they start getting good at what they do is still copying their heroes. Mm-hmm. It's, it's really just for those, for those, you know, first five or 10 years or whatever to get you on the right road, I think is, right. is good. You know? Well, and you, 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 you can't discount, you know, changing tastes and just your own personal growth as a photographer. I mean, you, you are a fan of Joey L as am I, mm. but if you look at Joey's work that he did when he was 16, it's yeah. very different than what he's doing now. It was Forget still about that. good. It's annoying. It's yeah. really annoying that he was doing that at 16. Yeah. And he was I mean, that's that good. <laughs> yeah. Making soft boxes yeah. out of like cardboard boxes exactly. and sheets and whatnot. Yeah. But there's, so there's, uh, you know, he, he has spent the last whatever many years, decade plus mm. pulling and pinching and borrowing influence and letting things inform his work until his style has emerged or, or, or his style has, has become at least where it is right now. And 10 years from now, his and, and yours as well is probably going to be different. Absolutely. Because that's, that's part of it. And his work in, his work's a really good example actually, because he's, he's a guy who's shooting for national geographic and, you know, big campaigns and all the rest of it. Um, and his work there is is great, and it's definitely his style, and you can feel it. Mm-hmm. But you can feel the direction he's going in his work when he's gone to Varanasi to shoot the holy men, or he's gone to right, right. you know to embed with the Kurds, and and or gone to Syria to shoot with the fighters there. Like you can feel that's the direction his work is going when mm-hmm. he's able to go on his own time, his own money, and be his own thing. And you know, I mean that that's the and funny enough, like when you look at that, it's it's less technical. It's it's less about you know, showing off about, I know all this stuff or I've got all this fancy stuff. It's far more about, you know, him going with a camera and seeing what he gets and the stuff that he gets mm-hmm. is amazing. It's, it's breathtaking. It's, it's got a real, it's, it's got, it's a really good mix. It's, it's super earthy, but it's also got like a, it's got a slightly surreal shine to it because he's often lighting stuff, but it feels incredibly natural still. Mm-hmm. And, and, and the humanist quality to it is is beautiful. I think it's a he's he's a special dude. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I, I've, I've really enjoyed watching how, how his, not only his skill, but how his interests have evolved. You mm. know, starting out with kind of indie bands and, and skate culture and, and yeah. that kind of thing. And now, as you said, you know, embedded with, with you know, fighters in, you know, God knows where. Mm. But bringing this sort of humanness to his photographs in spite of it or or maybe mm. in contrast to it you know mm. uh it's been really a pleasure to watch that yeah so you you ask somebody in in one of the videos you you ask what do you want to be known for <laughs> i feel like it's gonna get thrown back in my face <laughs> 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 so sean <laughs> <laughs> bring it yeah how do how yeah. do you how do you decide what that is i mean how do you how do you look back and go i mean because it, it, it's almost you know we we go back to picasso a lot when we when we talk about creativity because he was just such an explosive creative force and i wonder i don't know enough about his life or or his personality to know is he remembered in the way that he wanted to be remembered? Could he possibly see around that corner of how he was going to be remembered? Mm. And, and in the same way, how we never know how people are going to react to our work, what we put out into the world. So how do you gauge and how do you sort of guide your creativity towards being remembered or known or or sought out for x i think it's evolving mm -hmm. uh, let me say that first because it's definitely not set in stone but i suppose um it's it's funny enough at the moment a mix between the photography that i love to do and the video work that i'm doing mm -hmm. um that i i would love i would love to be known as somebody who celebrates humanity um that 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 shows the best side of us um, and shows the breadth and diversity that we are like, that's something I'd love my work to, to speak about. Um, and it doesn't yet. And that breaks my heart, but that's what I'm working towards. Um, and talk about how we are with each other. Um, back up for a second. Yeah. What do you mean? It breaks your heart. Well, that it's not, it's not there. Like I'm, if, if I look at my website, um, it's, there's images there that are good images technically, and I'm 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 proud of them from a technical point of view. But oh gosh, it's going to sound hard, uh, harsh. Um, they feel a bit empty, to be honest. Hmm. Like they feel they a lot of them feel a bit soulless. You know, I I know why I'm taking that shot. I know who's asking me to take that shot. I know what that shot's about, and it's and it's probably just naked promotion, and. I don't, I don't want my life to be about, you know, just, uh, money making or capitalist promotion, or I want it to be about something a lot grittier and earthier than that. Mm -hmm. And, and I feel like if I go to my website, it doesn't yet say that, although it's getting closer right. uh, all the time because I'm, I'm being more deliberate about putting that in there. Well, you said something a, a couple of weeks ago when we spoke and it, I wrote it down because it, 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 it just stuck with me. And you said, I, I don't want to be known for shooting well-lit photos of pretty white people. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's exactly what I mean. Uh, so I don't, I don't, I mean, I mean, I, I have no issue shooting models, you know, who, who need stuff or, or actors for, for their portfolios or what, or headshots or whatever. I mean, I, that, that is work I like, and I don't look down on it at all, Sure, but I, I don't want that to be what I'm known for mm -hmm. because I think that's, easier work to do it's it's very very easy to shoot a good model it really is like if i don't screw the lighting up and she comes with her a game and stands there and goes through a bunch of her poses she knows exactly how to do that and i know how to do my side and it's pretty it's often pretty effortless to be honest it's mm -hmm. not a struggle but if if i go like i did with this recent trip to namibia if i go and I'm sweating through 43 degree heat and getting stuck in a four by four in the middle of nowhere in soft sand <laughs> right. and eventually getting to a village and then having to struggle with language <laughs> barriers and losing you know, your the drone that, in the desert. Oh, <laughs> almost cried. Man. And, uh, you know, the fact that there's a cow carcass hanging off the tree and I'm fighting off flies while I'm trying to take photographs of people who don't really know what I'm doing as much as I'm trying to explain through an interpreter. And I'm trying to still do what I do with a model, like capture who they are, even though I can't know because of who I am and who they are and the, the golf. Like that feels like a, 
a struggle that will give the photo something. Mm -hmm. And, and, and that's what I want to be known for because that's the photography that speaks to me, like, like all the people sure. already listed. So to so, bring this back around to your friend from a half hour ago or so, yeah, is that what gets you electric? Yeah, absolutely. Is that, that's is that stuff. what turns up kind of the heat on, I am exactly in the right place. I am exactly where I want to be. I'm shooting. This matters. This is what I need to be doing. Yeah. And it's usually the place I don't want to be because I'm really uncomfortable there, but that's the mm. place I need to be. Yeah. And that's the place that I'm going to do stuff that I'm actually proud of and not stuff that I knew, you know, we knocked out those shots in an hour and a half in a studio and went home. That was it. This was, this was something that meant something. Uh, to me and to them, hopefully, you know, and, and, and it says more than like, look how pretty I am and please hire me to go in your next advert. It says, look at these human beings you may never interact with who don't look like you and maybe understand more about the world and humanity. And that feels like a better message than buy this product. Uh, it's, it's all that kind of, I feel like I'm waffling a bit, but it's all that kind of stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And was that it that bit, way from the beginning? No, it I doesn't. Realize. It doesn't. It's, it's there, there's a clarity to it that, that is, that is absolutely inspiring. And it sounds like, and that was kind of the next thing is, is it sounds like it's been there from the beginning that, that there are phases in which you've known you had to pass through. Yeah. You know, you, you, you sort of like, you, you know, you've got to get through the tornado to get to the eye. <laughs> yeah, Exactly. You know, I, I've always had, I've always had that in me, but mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's sort of developed through, through, you know, you know, being a, being a pastor at one stage and working with young people and then coming out of that and never wanting to do that particular thing again, but having that same passion again, that, that went nowhere. It was just the context was wrong. And now wanting to help other photographers get better and wanting my images to help if they can help people, that would be amazing. But even if they can just challenge human beings to think about themselves and other people, that would be enough. You know, it's all the same drive coming out in different ways. Um, if that makes sense. Wow. <laughs> Who knew? <laughs> well, yeah, me, it haunts me. <laughs> well, I mean, well, you seem to be though in a spot that's very clear. I mean, you, you seem to have uh, a, a, a very insightful sort of take on where it is you want to go. And I think it definitely comes through very strongly in the channel trailer for your, for your YouTube channel, oh, where cool. you've, mm-hmm. you've actually come out and said, look, this is what I want to show you. This is what I want from you. This is what I want to bring to you. And mm-hmm. I'm not going to do this every week. I'm not, mm-hmm. And it's not going to be slick and it's not going to be glossy and it's not going mm-hmm. to be well-produced yeah. in every case. It may be, but that's not the point. No, no. I, I, and I, th- I think that's um, because because I'm really sold on the fact that that what you the art you produce in whatever field will come far more out of who you are than how you do it technically. So me working on myself is as important as me buying a new camera, probably much more important. And that like that's what I really want to get across with, with if I, if I'm giving anything in, in, in videos I put up on YouTube for other photographers, it's, it's, it's as much mixing in or, you know, almost subversively, like you, you might be here because I put, you know, the Fuji X 100 in the title, mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to tell you this because I'll talk to you about the Fuji, but really it doesn't matter. You know, you could pick 20 other cameras that do exactly the same thing. It really doesn't matter. The, the important thing is that you, 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 think about yourself and what you want to say and the things that are important to you because you can, you can feel art that comes from that place Mm -hmm. that, that comes from who someone is. And you can feel when someone's doing art because they think that's what sells or because they think that's what's popular. You you can feel people are just serving that. I I think I've found a strategy to make myself famous or something Mm -hmm. and you can feel art that means something to somebody. And and that's, that I think is all, all the people I follow. I genuinely think, that, that I've, I've found people who do things that are important to them and not because they want to be famous. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of them got famous anyway, but right. that's not why they did it. Right. More of a, a byproduct of doing whatever it is rather than a prime mover or a reason to be doing it. Yeah. And, and, and stuff that hopefully, like I said, like, that, 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 that feeds a, a need somewhere 
somehow makes us better as a species. Like, uh, like I think I shared with you last time that quote that, that I always sort of hold up for myself, that, that Frederick Beekner quote. Mm-hmm. And he says some, something like, he says something like, your calling is found in the place where your great joy and the world's great hunger collide. And that's, that's a big one for me. Yeah. You know, it's, 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 what's the thing that I love to do that makes the world a better place somehow? Mm-hmm. And if, if I can find that sweet spot, and, and that's a, probably a very messy process, but if I find that sweet spot, that's, that's it. Like, that's what, that's what I was made for, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do, does faith enter into your work? Is, is, is your work uh, 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 somehow connected to or informed by? either your previous or current faith? Um, yeah, I think it does. Yeah. Um, I, 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 th- I think you, you straight away get a picture in your head when you think of faith, like it's, it's a lot messier than it used to be. Mm-hmm. And it has a lot less content than it used to have, which I'm really grateful for. Um, it's, it's now far more open and, and I don't have this desperate need to define it. Um, and, and I, I, I kind of moved away from, from the very uh, like structured religion. I, ca- I can't do it at least for now. I definitely can't do that. Um, but yeah, that faith is still there. And I, th- I, I, that's still a lot of, you know, my, my need to be on my own and carve out solitude still is informed by that. Um, the stuff that I read, you know, I'm still fascinated by religions of all cultures and, mm-hmm. and, and, uh, you know, I, I, you, in terms of a, a faith, you, you, you probably look at it and still say, well, yeah, he's still a Christian, but it's, it doesn't, it, not necessarily. No, no. I, but I, th- I think I, I identify less with that label now because of what that label means, mm-hmm. uh, around the world. And I think I, I think I, it, this, this is the weird thing. I think I left, I genuinely believe I left church behind because God told me to, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, yeah. No. Yeah. Like it was, it was. To to follow him authentically, uh, I had to step away from that, and that to most Christians, I'd be stoned in the car park straight yeah. away because <laughs> yeah. that's that's not okay to say that, and and I, and I understand that, and I would have been one of those guys, you know, ten fifteen years ago, right? But 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 I I I still believe in a in a more and in a spirituality and in in some kind of divine, and and reading that kind of stuff and. And it definitely does inform how I see life and human beings and all of that stuff as well. Mm-hmm. And I, I, it's never anything I'm, I would ever be heavy-handed with. Mm-hmm. But it, it is a script that runs in the background that kind of informs things and, and drives it too, funny enough. Because mm. it, it, it's, it's, I mean, my, my wife just says to me that my YouTube videos, I've just found a way to keep preaching. But like, that's, <laughs> that's not, she's probably not wrong. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Sean Tucker. Uh, if you'd like to see some of Sean's work, you can find him online at seantucker.photography. That's S-E-A-N-T-U-C-K-E-R dot photography. Uh, you can also find him on Instagram and Twitter at Sean Tuck. And be sure to check out his YouTube channel. His videos are terrific, and he posts new ones about once a month. Uh, If you're enjoying the show, Process Driven, please subscribe on iTunes or in your favorite podcast app. Uh, You can also check out my newsletter, which is called Iterations, and it's uh, semi-weekly, sort of. Uh, You can find that at jeffreysadoris.com. That's J-E-F-F-E-R-Y-S-A-D-D-O-R-I-S. And you can also find me on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook at Jeffrey Sidoris. And thank you for listening. I'll talk to you in the next one.